Hey everyone, you're listening to Heaving Bosoms, the podcast where best friends recap romance novels while coping with the world and our current timeline. As of today, there's a little over a week left in the Peculiar Tastes Kickstarter, and that's the only place you can get the special edition, foiled, flippy floppy format, and all the amazing art that goes along with it. Make sure to check it out before the campaign is over on August 11th, 2022. This week, we've got Nat and Sarah in all their glory. And remember, if you want more of these two, head to Love Sweet Arrow for our live Heaving Bosoms recording on Bookstore Romance Day. But right now, they're recapping Things We Never Got Over by Lucy Score. Here we go. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Natalie. How's one of my top five favorite people? <laughs> you know what? I'm doing pretty good today. I, you know, so listener, Sarah and I tried to record this last night. Mm-hmm, we we did. did our best. We had some real top quality content in that first 15 minutes that we were recording. We had many discussions. And then Sarah's we, internet stopped working. We shared the secrets of the universe. We told you yeah. all how to achieve in life, in love, on the job. But my internet just took a nosedive. And an hour later, after many, many live chats with very helpful people, it was fixed. But by then it was too late. No, Too I much wine strict, had been consumed in the meantime. bedtime. And here's <laughs> the thing. It's been a very stressful Natalie week. And you know what I deserved last night? Homemade fortified wine that has extra vodka added into it. So if you remember me from such lady loves as N.A. beer, this isn't that kind of lady love. This is a fortified wine, which is the opposite of N.A. beer. And and then I just I just didn't think I could record at 1030 at night. It's just I think it, it would have been an incredibly interesting episode if we had recorded with fortified wine, Natalie. <laughs> Maybe someday. But today is going to be great. Today is fortified. Maybe someday. Today is going to be fortified with work coffee. Today fortified I'm with fortified daytime with sparkling caffeine. water and mambas. There you go. Mambas. Do you, are you not a mamba? Are you not mamba familiar? Mambas no. are like a weird starburst. Um, they're like a rectangle instead oh. of square. Oh, yes. Of course. I'm. So, I just... All right. So we're talking about candy. Okay. All candy, right. Yes. No, I got it. Not I got mamba it. the dance. Not... Black Mamba, the snake from Kill Bill, the Kill Bill character, not that Mamba's the candy. They are always at the Aldi checkout. You can find them there. In a surprising twist, Natalie has brought up Aldi's. I know you weren't you weren't expecting it. This is completely yeah. new. I'm nothing that if not consistent. It's good. Just it's good. spoiler alert: my lady love is also related to Aldi. In this topsy-turvy world, aren't you glad to know that Natalie is out here loving Aldi? I'm out there pounding these streets for Aldi, and they don't even know it. <laughs> they, someday they're going to snatch you up, and you're going to be their best, most enthusiastic spokeswoman. Oh, my and gosh. I cannot wait. The true cannot dream. Wait. The true dream. Um, so, Sarah, we're uh, actually here to talk about a book, as is our way. Right. All right. So... I'm going to confess something to you, Natalie, and um, don't tell anybody. It's a secret. It's a secret. It's sealed. This was my very first Lucy Scorebook. 
somehow in in the universe of my reading, I've never, I've always meant to. And this is yes. the first one I picked up. And it was mm-hmm. delightful. And I have no idea if this is representative of her body of work. But I'm very excited to read more and find out. You know, I have read, let's see, I've read a few, the entire um, Bootleg Spring series, which is also very good. And I recommend it often. Um, um, just to be, just to clarify, that's bootleg. Because for bootleg. a second, leg. For a second, it sounded like bootlick, which I feel like is a very different kind of story. Well, you know, I think you're probably right. I don't know <laughs> if Lucy Score writes bootlicking romances, but I would be interested in reading them. Listener, if you know of any. Yeah. Lucy Score, if you're out there. Um, <laughs> I wanted to look up, and I meant to, I forgot, how many books she has published. and I Because I think it's quite a few. And it is quite a few. <laughs> Holy shnikes. <laughs> Yikes. There's a lot out there. Oh, she did that Riley Thorne series, Sarah, that I haven't read all of yet. Riley Thorne uh, and, and the Dead Guy Next Door. That one, like, blew up. So and then, my my mm-hmm. friend and friend of the pod, Megan, loves mm-hmm. that first book. Loves it. And has recommended it a million times. And I'm very excited to pick it up someday. So it comes mm-hmm. highly recommended by a very smart uh, cult member. So. And then... Um, Rock Bottom Girl is one that I see in the cult often as a recommended sports romance because it's about the mm-hmm. soccer players. And I've, I can't re- I feel like I've read it, but it's been a while because that one came out in 2019, which 2019 does not seem like when you look at that number on paper, that doesn't seem like that long ago. But I was a whole different person then. I was an <laughs> entire too. like 2019 me Same. is a stranger to 2022 yes. me. So yes. But I do, I can recommend the Bootleg Spring series. It is so very good. It is, um, like, it's not bonkers as in, like, like having sex with aliens bonkers, but it is bonkers in, like, the stuff that's happening is kind of wild and wacky, as which could relate to this book. To, to this book, where so many things happen. Literally everything <laughs> happens. And I should be very clear with listener, especially if you are coming to us, because... You are a Lucy Score fan and you're like, hi, this podcast is talking about a Lucy Score book. I want to be very clear. Sarah and I both loved this book. And we actually yes. had read this book before, like, we were trying to, to work on the reading list for upcoming books. And we were like, oh my gosh, we need to do a Lucy Score. She's been recommended so much. And both Sarah and I had already read Things We Never Got Over, which I don't know if we've said it. That is the book we're talking about. Oh, hi. We're here to talk about Things We Never Got Over by Lucy Score. Hi, listener. Welcome. And, and we, we both are read it. We're like, oh, no problem. We'll just reread it for this podcast because we both like it. Easy peasy. No problem. And and it was a fun, it was a fun, easy, fast read the first time. But when you're doing notes on it. 572. 572 goddamn pages, Lucy Score. <laughs> so Many things happen well, in this book. And it's, and it's packed. Yeah, it's packed. There's okay. a lot of content. Mm-hmm. So, friends, listener, readers, you all uh, are familiar, I hope, with Stefan from Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. Nat, are you familiar with Stefan? I am. This, I love Stefan. This, this book has everything. Are you ready for my yellow legal list? I'm ready. And if list? I and if I really was uh, like a really good podcaster or a really good editor of things, I would make a little checkmark ding sound after everything you list. But you just have me. Do, do you want aver- to make a ding sound average. with? Sure. We'll see. I just can always a, edit it make, out. Make a ding sound with your mouth. 
do I'm sound with this your is mouth. Acapella. You can do it. <laughs> okay, ready. You're like that guy from the Police Academy movies. Just make your own sound effects. Yeah. <laughs> okay, this book, when I tell you it has everything, it has everything. Are you ready? It has a runaway bride. Ding. It has the mob. Ding. It has a lottery winner. Ding. It has sexy brothers. Ding. It has a criminal, but in a hot way, best friend. Ding-a-ling. It has a barber shop, a hipster barber shop. It ha- Did I say that already? Whatever. It, it it comes up a lot. It's worth mentioning. It has uh, sexy barbers in leather aprons. I'm going to give checks, it another ding. Ding. That checks a box for somebody. It has an evil goddamn twin. Ding. It has a preternaturally wise child. I don't know what preternaturally means, but Ding uncomfortable to me that's what it means oh, okay. uh, no, not really just like uncommonly un- unnaturally she um, went to uh, the school of hard knocks so you she know. did okay. she did um it has a sassy gay best friend ding it has a basset hound ding it has family trauma ding it has so Both many the- family traumas Every, like on, all, bo- on all sides on all sides it has having sex with your boss ding at the workplace oh ding I'll give it, a it has it has an abusive ex-fiance. Ding. Spoiler it, alert. Spoiler. Oh, I mean, we're here to talk about that. Mm. It has um, a scene of like hurt comfort in a hospital if you're talking fanfic tags. Oh, I wasn't, but ding. Ding. It has a junkie dad. Ding. It has a sassy grandma. Ding. Yes. Oh my God. So much. I'm it has, it all. Natalie, Natalie, it has a gun battle. Shoot him up, Sting! It has it has a bullying teacher who should know oh better. Oh my god! Dang. It has a parent trap twin switch. It has. Does it ha- has more kidnapping? Than one? Um, just the one really, like at the Dang. end. Uh, it has kidnapping. It has murder, <laughs> an attempted murder, and it. Oh wait! Like henchmen, henchmen die at the end. Henchmen die at the oh. end. It wasn't like it was more like okay. self defense, but yeah, I, there were bodies. You're the one who read the back half, <laughs> but I didn't think they were dead, Sarah. I think there were bodies outside. Professionalism oh. in 2022. It's fine. They weren't you know conscious. Just you know, they were. They sleeping. were. There were attempted murders. There yes. were gun battles. There was many there guns. Were, yes, it, there was much more bloodshed. And, there was like and a pizza like, gun. Remember. <laughs> I just wasn't prepared for it. And finally, there were, and not finally, these are just the highlights. There were multiple speeches from the hero about feminism and the patriarchy and parenting and consent. And it was all very good. But listener, all of those things are contained within the universe of this book. All of those things, all of them. And they were all very good. But when Natalie and I went back to reread it, we were just like, okay, I remember this. Oh, oh, and this. Oh, my God. And this. Oh, my God. And this happened. (laughs) Sarah and I talked to each other like two days ago. And I was like, it's not, there's no way it's going to happen, Sarah. I'm like 25% of the way through and I've been reading for two days. Like there's, there's no way I'm going to read this whole book. I even tried to switch it to audio because I had to drive for like four hours uh, yesterday. And I was like, maybe I can do it. And then like midday yesterday, we made a pact that I would read the end. <laughs> Sarah and I both had reread the and beginning. And I would just take the and middle. she would do the middle <laughs> and I would do the end so that we could have like a zone defense. See, I remembered it. I made a sports reference yesterday that now gets to relive today on this recording. I'm still uncomfortable. I'm still uncomfortable. 
Don't love it. So, so yeah. So this book is chocked full of stuff. And, and so we will tell you, listener, we're not going to go hit by hit because it'll be an Akotar style five part episode or whatever. You know what I mean? I would love to talk to all of you for five hours. Natalie, I would love to see your face for like a five part mm-hmm. episode, but it's too, it's too much. It's too I'm much. on my lunch break, brah. You know, like we, there's we no got, five hours here. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so we are, let's, let's, so I, we'll see how it goes, but like, let's dive in to this book because, um, just like kind of with the bootleg spring series, straight from the beginning. So Daisy, nope, dang it. I was going to do it the whole time. Naomi. You you love her the way Knox loves her. (laughs) Yes, I do. But Naomi comes into town and she's having a bad day, capital B, and kind of a bad week, capital B. And so she comes into town and we're already kind of like getting the lay of the land from this town in the first 10 sentences. They This book and how she approached this book and then also how her and, um, darn it, Claire Kingsley approached the Bootleg Spring series is... It, I think at least, and I've not, this isn't something I've done research on, so maybe other people have talked about it, but they approach these small town books, the small town like tropes as I think fantasy romance, where they are starting you with world building into this very specific mm-hmm. small town world because I don't have any sort of Northern Virginia background or knowledge but i do have small town background and knowledge and my small town is nothing like this small town it is i'm sorry your your small town doesn't immediately embrace support and bend over backward to offer financial emotional support to a new person in town no in every way they can no. Hmm. And maybe this hmm. town is smaller than my town. My town's like 4,500-ish people, maybe smaller. Um, so maybe Nakamout is even smaller than that. So you would have a better chance of knowing people. But what I do know about towns smaller than my town is they are even more closed-minded than my town. I feel it doesn't like you're get not going to get more accepting. multiple speeches. <laughs> yeah, it, You don't get multiple speeches on feminism, consent, etc., in yeah. some Normalizing of the small towns, yeah, normalized period shit. I, I yes. love that the male owner of the barbershop and the bar said that and has the care package that he does for the Red Alert Day every month. That's great. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I don't know that small towns do. That. I don't know that that has I, been I, my experience, but. I'm willing to hear other experiences. I I would love to know if that is the case. But that's such an interesting observation now that, that these small towns that – and it's not just Lucy Score and Claire Kingsley. I think a lot of authors who write in small towns do kind of create this – it's a supportive community or if there are bad guys, they're known to be bad guys and they're, they're sort of worked around and treated as such and that there is – we support our own and we come together. And, and if you mess with one of us, you mess with all of us. And mm-hmm. it's it's such a lovely idea, lovely and supportive. And this idea, especially, I mean, this especially, uh, yeah. Knox, our hero, has won the lottery. He won $11 million in the lottery. And so he's been able to invest in the town and support mm-hmm. projects and give grants to the library when he wants to. And and so that in and of itself, this, this handsome man.
man who has the funds to make your life better and easier and to, to do things right for the town. It's such an appealing world to sink yeah. into. I wouldn't have thought of it as a fantasy world situation, but you're mm-hmm. so right. It's it's just ideal. It's this this knock him out is ideal in a lot of ways. And and you there so and when I talk about world building in this fantasy world and how it starts in this book, you are learning so much information about <laughs> every side character that exists. And you know, you know, just like in a fantasy series or a sci-fi series, you know that these factoids and these people are going to play roles in future books. And so we're laying the groundwork in this book, which I think is why it's so extensive. And it'll be interesting to see, because I will be reading the other books, it'll be interesting to see if the future books carry through with how detailed they are, or if they're like, nah, you already know these assholes. It's, this is just justice from the coffee shop. You already know him and his wife, Tallulah, and everything about all of his family members and things he does on the weekends. (laughs) And what he likes to eat, and what kind of cookies he has at his coffee shop, and... (laughs) What the coffee shop looks like. <laughs> yeah. Listen, do I want to go to Justice's coffee shop? More than I can you say. Mean, you mean Cafe Rev? Yes. Uh, <laughs> do I want the best cappuccino she's ever had? Do I want those heart cookies, broken or unbroken? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yes. yes. And and they everybody in this book has, you can tell, um, you know, because it is a small town, they have you know, history and things like that. So it makes sense to have all, you get to know all these characters because in a small town, you know, you wouldn't, the hero or whatever wouldn't necessarily do a get to know you conversation with the people. So you don't get that opportunity like you would when not everyone knows each other. So, um, so you have to have this hero talk about the history or the, you know, with these specific people or talk about the backstory in their monologue, monologues, inner monologues is that what it's called mm-hmm. what what else would you call that i would say inner monologue is perfect great great got it right um yeah so i think like that all makes sense it just made for a longer reading rereading experience because i zoomed through it the first time I, I genuinely same but when you slow down and start break apart the elements that work uh yeah that's what that's what slowed me down too but it was it was just such a zippy read for a book as long mm-hmm. as it is the first time and i think a lot of it honestly is the crime aspect that there's mm-hmm. the, the runner through this book is that naomi is in town to help uh tina her no good lousy twin sister who yeah. it turns out has gotten herself hooked up with a crime family yeah. and there's there's this she's looking for this mysterious thing she's she's breaking into the house and searching her sister so, and her daughter's things and all yeah. that just added to the complexity and the plot and the length and and it just it was so funny to have incredible rom-com type banter and the sex scenes the humor and the fun and the lightness of the sex scenes tied to the hero's brother almost bled out because he got into a gun battle (laughs) with these bad guys it just the 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 tones she was juggling and the different plots of course this was a massive book because she had so many things to do and you couldn't have jumped from those mm-hmm. things. And one of the things that I thought she did so well was those little hints that something was going on. Tina mm-hmm. wasn't just gone. She kept the you, the reader, thinking about where Tina was, where what was going on, because they would come home and the closet door would be open and 
we don't remember why. Or, and, like, the mail was disorganized. Or, and honestly, tell me in your house if you came home to a door ajar or a pile of mail that maybe wasn't where you left <laughs> it, would you ever could, notice? Somebody could fully <laughs> break into my house and I have really no idea. I'm actually recording this from your basement right now. You just yeah, haven't noticed. Truly. I just, I just want to well, say it. <laughs> so we're selling our house right now, you know, and and we haven't left our dog at home when we have a showing because we have no idea what he would do with a stranger. But like you, Sarah, coming into my house when he knows you would be fantastic for him. He would love that. So I would never have like an early warning system that somebody was in my house. You know, <laughs> like I would have no idea. No idea. Everything is chaos here all the time. Oh, hey, HBs. I don't know if you've heard, but we have a Patreon. For as little as $5 a month, you get over 150 bonus episodes, most of which include Aaron, videos of regular episodes, author hangouts, and so much more. Do you want to hear Aaron and I recap every single episode of Crash Landing on You? What about a little film called Psycho Stripper? Do you want more recaps of ridiculous Thanksgiving and other holiday books and movies? And how do you feel about Naima Simone and I recapping amazing reality TV? All of that and more is on the Patreon. There's so much content at your fingertips as soon as you sign up. Seriously, hours and hours. Anyway, it's patreon.com forward slash heaving bosoms podcast if you want to check it out. And of course, that link is in the show notes. Keep being a badass. <laughs> but yeah, she does a great job. Of, you, you do a great job with the chaos, first of all. But Lucy Score did a great job with kind of planting those seeds and, and just building up that something is, it's something more than what we know. Mm-hmm. Question for you. By the way, we are not going to go point by point, obviously. We are just hopping around with yes. the yeah. attention span of... of Lemmings? Two. Yes. I don't know. Uh, I don't know anything two, about them. Of two adult women living in 2022 just trying to make it. Like, those attention spans feel like they're short. Chasing now. joy um, all the time. <laughs> just us. Just <laughs> grabbing on the joy with our little grabby hands. <laughs> oh, did, when did you know that it was the heart charm on Waylay's shoe? That that's when what they were looking for? When she transferred it to her new shoes. They yeah. mentioned it. Lucy mentioned it one too many times. And I was like, nope, this is, this yeah, is something. Yeah, no, I knew it. Well, I knew, I knew it was Waylay. Because uh, just right away, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I don't know why, but I knew what, like, as soon as we knew that someone, like, I knew that Waylay had something when, when the, it started to happen at the new place because Naomi would never have anything. So it had Mm -hmm. to be Waylay's stuff that they moved from the other apartment. So I, you know, or the other, the trailer or whatever. So, you know, Naomi comes into town. Comes into Cafe Rev, where Justice, as we've already discussed, Justice and Wes Tallulah already, they own this place. And um, she immediately gets mistaken uh, for Tina. And they're like, nah, bitch, you gotta leave. We are, you are, you have messed us up one too many times. So she's kind of trying to explain it to the cafe owner. He finally gets it and she goes... And then all of a sudden, this giant blonde man uh, busts into the cafe and is like, get your fucking ass out of here, Tina. That was my Northern Virginia accent. Sorry, Northern Virginia people. Um, It was so authentic. It gave me goosebumps. 
It's the it was the it was the Chicago A's that I added in there, wasn't yeah. it? Um, it was. It really did it. It really sold it. <laughs> sold that accent. Um, that's why I've never been able to do accents in my whole life because they all is have the Chicago that, like, too strong harsh A saw sound on them. <laughs> it's just it comes right through. So she so then she has to explain all over again to this new guy, and he is not as understanding. And even once he does accept that she is not Tina, which becomes her first nickname. Not Tina. Not Tina. Um, and then loved later when Tina's actual boyfriend calls her Hot Tina by accident. Hot Tina! <laughs> oh my god. Again, having that level of humor in a scene where people are getting shot, just incredible. Yes. <laughs> I don't, yeah. Evidently, people died in that scene, it turns out. I don't know. Um, so then... <laughs> I... S- how, I must have just glossed right over it. I don't need that in my life. Um, so then, so then she comes back out. She he uh, the and it turns out that this guy that busts into the cafe is Knox Morgan. But so Knox Morgan um, is this tall Viking, short bearded man, um, slightly long hair, enough to tattoos. get your fingers through. So don't many forget tattoos, the tattoos all up and down his ropey forearms. Actually, I don't okay, know wait. if they said ropey. S- Oh no, say it again slower. Ropey, Ropey forearms. Mm-hmm. Veiny? Mm-hmm. Um and All of it. Sure. And um and so then they they have this kind of not a great first impression of each other, right? And Knox continues to help Naomi throughout her day of figuring out like, okay, so then they go outside, she's gonna he's gonna like escort her out of town or whatever he's going to do her car is gone so then he takes her to the police station he takes her to back to her hotel um and it turns out that uh, tina has stolen her car and then broke into her hotel and when they go in there there's an 11 year old girl sitting in the hotel and this girl is named Wele, and she is Tina's daughter that naomi has never met never heard of she hasn't even seen tina in a dozen years or more um and mm-hmm. and then they kind of have to unravel this whole mystery a little bit of where tina has gone she does you know naomi does like file all these uh police reports and her credit cards are stolen and like tina stole her laptop and tina stole her car and tina whatever all of her money and so she is stuck in knock out virginia um with an 11 year old girl with no money and no plan. And it turns out that Naomi is a big planner, has planned big, out big her whole life so far. Maker. Yeah. And the other thing she's stuck in town with is a wedding dress that we find out she wore when she climbed out of the window of the church where she was about to exchange vows with a man named Warner blah 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 the third which has to be illegally blonde has to be right especially because we also later on have i'm keeping the dog kind of so i really (laughs) feel like there were two little if i ever meet lucy score after i get over my oh my god oh my god i love you so much my question is going to be was the at the end when waylay tells knox i'm keeping your dog yeah (laughs) is that it yeah anyway that's jumping Mm -hmm. ahead yes not that we would do that here In this in this <laughs> podcast episode with these Here? two people, no. <laughs> anyway, so and the the other thing you called her Daisy on accident. She is wearing uh, again. Yes, she's got daisies in her daisies hair. in her hair. And then Knox starts 
referring to as Daisy and Days. And then eventually Days. Yeah, exactly. And she refers to Knox as Viking um, the whole time Mm -hmm. because he looks like like And Leif Erikson. And just she has some, yeah, yeah. Because he's he tall real big, and he blonde. Real blonde. He's got to be like a Chris Hemsworth guy, right? Yeah, fully. I, here's the thing about romance heroes. We talk a lot about Knox Morgan. We have never once seen him work out, right? Okay, can I say, I'm going to be that. I try to mention my heroes working out in all of my books. Because yes. I don't love the implication that that happens on accident. It, exactly. it happens with hard work and dedication and probably self-deprivation and watching what you eat like right that that just those bodies don't just happen so i always like to include he hit the gym or you know whatever some acknowledgement just because you're right Knox stays up late because he owns a bar he is a barber um the Mm -hmm. only thing he does start with b he's a bar barber barbarian i'm sorry that joke didn't it's okay we can move past it (laughs) i was like where are we going we don't see him hitting barbells yeah hey um yeah so that's As a that, part, you know, part of the fantasy world, right? I guess the, in this fantasy world, you have enviable yeah. superhero There's body. in the water and knock them out Virginia. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, it's creatine. <laughs> it's probably lead. Um, <laughs> yeah. We don't. So that's the thing. Like, he's ripped. He's definitely a Chris Hemsworth kind of character, but he doesn't. I, we never see him work out in this whole book, and that's totally fine. Maybe he has hobbies we don't know about. Totally, you know. He doesn't out. have to tell but us everything. I, it was more. It was more a thing because this isn't the only book that was like that. You know what I mean? Like, I understand that authors are like, okay, what do we? We have to leave something out. I have included literally everything in the whole fan fiction trope dictionary in this. We got to leave out the working out because that's like another ten pages. And so I get it. Like mm-hmm. you can't put everything in, but. It's the Gilmore Girls fantasy. Yeah, the, the, watching the Gilmore yeah. Girls house everything they house in an episode, but then never hit a gym or physically move other than to parade yeah. around Stars Hollow, you know. It, or knock them out in Virginia or wherever. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Any of those fantasy small towns. So then we have a series of chapters of Naomi trying to figure out how an 11-year-old fits in her life. We get introduced to Liza J, who is um, Knox's, uh, well, I'm sorry. First, we get introduced to Knox's uh, brother, Nash, who is a couple years younger than him, equally as good looking, but he is the police chief. And you can see from page whatever he's introduced that they have a combative relationship. They are pushing each other's buttons all the time and not in a friendly sibling way. It's like one step farther. It's beyond that. Yeah. mm -hmm. They don't, they're not being actively uh, violent. Well, sometimes they they punch each other a lot, but like they're not, I'm I'm trying to figure out like, they're not evil to each other. No, necessarily. They are, just like like combative siblings, but to the next level. Well, and I think they probably have that that simmering all the time in their relationship. But when Naomi comes onto the scene and knocks, I mean, almost quite literally says, dibs, I saw her first. Mm-hmm. And Nash is like, yes. that's not how this works. Yeah. So she elevates a little bit of competitiveness. And I don't think nash is ever that interested he just likes pushing his brother's buttons with her but it works really well and that that runner of jealousy all the way through and it it leads to i think knox's most unforgivable moment which is after he's 
reader, I'm jumping ahead again. I'm yeah, so sorry. After it. he has ended things with her because of his family trauma, mm-hmm. um, he sees her flirting with Nash at a, a party he wasn't invited to. And it's just like, no, it's great that you're doing that. You should get my leftovers. Like somebody should enjoy them. Yeah. And it's, it's bad. It's really bad. And she, to Naomi's credit, doesn't, she understands that he's being a child and he's hurt and, and she doesn't, because that could be devastating. And and yeah. thankfully, that's not how it goes. But that's probably the most vicious. But I guess it's vicious about her, not about him. But yeah, it's like yeah. A, he has like a moment of if I can't have her, then I'm just no going to make everybody feel gonna, really yeah, bad. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So so we meet Nash. He is, you know, he's looking into Naomi's case. Um. Then she has no place to live because the motor or the motel that she's staying is unsafe, obviously, because it's been broken into has cardboard doors. Basically she goes to look at Tina's uh, trailer. um, And it is the, it's real bad. It is the worst trailer in the trailer park. And then she is, it's unsafe. It's already been basically leased out by the landlord. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah, it's basically not available. So she has to find a place to live, which is very convenient for everybody, isn't it? So, of course, Knox has <laughs> grown. She has grown on Knox to the point where he is now. I'm a fix all this kind of. He but has, he's annoyed about it, which is my yeah. favorite. I'm going to do this. I, I Part of me wants to do this. I don't know why. I hate it. But I'm going to take care of her housing. I'm going to make sure she's got food. I'm going to yeah. make sure I can, she has transportation. Because yep. he has, and that boy, talk about another fantasy, right? Some guy who comes in and takes care of the money needs, the housing, and eventually takes care of the orgasm, right? Takes care, like, don't worry. Yes. I got you. I got this. Don't yes. worry. I will yes, take yes, care yes. of everything. And it is compelling. Yeah, but she also- good fantasy. She kind of resists it, right? So he finds her, yeah, he finds her a place to live. He he kind of finds her a job. It's some another side character named Sherry Fiasco who's always having lollipops, by the way, and has a karate <laughs> family. And, like, I, I don't, there's a lot. Sherry's got a lot happening. But, like, so, it, it, like, his office manager finds her a job at his business. But she is very resistant. And I definitely identify with this personality trait a little bit, but it's kind of one of... Naomi's, I guess, more annoying annoying characteristics is that she keeps everything that is bothering her and is stressing her out bottled up tight and will not share that burden with anyone around mm-hmm. her because she doesn't want to inconvenience anybody. So her having Knox take over and take care of everything is contrary to everything that she has ever wanted and contrary to what she thinks needs to happen so like she has left her wedding right she has run away from the altar literally run away from the church but her best friend doesn't know where she is who's been around like a sibling to her from the and her parents they don't know where she is they know that she left the wedding she basically like like said whatever she needed to say to them so that they would still go on a three-week cruise because it was the first time they'd gotten to do something like that ever and she didn't want them to miss that opportunity. And I would fucking do the same thing in that situation. Like, I totally yeah. get that. But she keeps a secret that they have a grandchild. She keeps a secret that she has no money, that she has no, no money. place to live, that she has, you know, all of her car, her car has been stolen. Like, she's been put in a couple of unsafe situations a little bit, you know, like she's she keeps a lot of that stuff secret. I mean, the break-in and stuff, I guess it's all kind of potentially unsafe, like. 
she could feel unsafe, but her car has been sold. Like, all this stuff. Mm -hmm. She keeps all of that a secret from everybody. Knox is the only one that knows, and she's therefore, like, kind of required to rely on him to get her life back together yeah and i like that when when her family realizes it when her best friend realizes it and they do eventually all end up and knock him out all of them are very aware that she yeah. does this and and have that conversation with Knox. she mm-hmm. is going to take this on she is going to you know not consider her own needs she's going to worry about waylay she's going to worry about us she's going to worry about you she's not going to worry about herself and so i like the Mm self-awareness and i also kind of like that naomi herself is aware but she does it anyway because how many of us yeah how many of us know where our flaws or our tendencies to do something kind of harmful maybe to us or our lives we know them we know them Mm -hmm. as we're doing them sometimes our friends know them and our friends are the ones and and family are the the ones who say are you sure you want to do this so I, i that was a nice I liked that character beat that she knows it, her family knows it, and yeah. Knox and and Waylay and the town is what eventually gets her to be a little more. And honestly, you know who the hero of this book actually is? Yolanda, the social worker. Yolanda, the social worker, having that conversation with her after she's been broken up with. You know, oh, okay, wait, I'm so-, I'm so sorry. This book has everything. It has yes. a wise social worker who saves the day. Yes. So like... One of the things that happens because she has to take Waylay in, she's trying to file for like kinship arrangements for Waylay so that she can take care of her um, and potential guardianship if Tina doesn't come back. So she's very stressed out about this and about how all of her life circum current life circumstances are making her appear. And what ends up happening because of that, you forgot to mention Sarah fake dating because they I forgot not- fake dating. <laughs> Knox and Naomi decide to fake date, A, so that it looks more stable, in quotations, to um, to a social worker, but B, so that they can fuck without feeling guilty about it. Well, and C, because her parents surprise her at her oh, new yes. house. Yes, and he yes, comes yes. downstairs just in his boxers. And yeah. so then I think in order to help her save face from her clearly excited mom and clearly horrified dad Knox is like yeah this is my this is my girl we're just seeing how it's going we're just you know we're well and I so. guess Naomi also is worried that her about how her parents would think that she has run away from this wedding and is now with somebody else just mere weeks afterwards again the, I think all of this is judgment that she's putting on her own self based herself on really nothing well, especially all of these because situations her, her, are fine and her family and her best friend all say, we did not like Warner. We did yeah. not like him. So nobody is like, oh, you left this wonderful man and now this. No, they're just like, get it, girl. Good for you. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, I'm sorry. In so, the words of our our, our friend Aaron, uh, pop off slut. Like, that's, <laughs> that's what they're all saying. <laughs> so the so the the way that she can and, and Yolanda the social worker comes into Naomi's life at various inconvenient times and she's always feeling like she is appearing uh, less than responsible looking basically like she always feels like she, Yolanda the social worker is seeing her at her worst and one of those times is when she has just been broken up with by Knox um, at a pizza place, which is fucking rude. He did it in public so she wouldn't make a scene, and she was just like, "I'm an adult." He tries. I would to not give have her money. 
what a dumb because he's he a lottery winner that's her. what he he get, he throws money at problems and it that's what was the the fight between him and his brother and then he didn't learn his lesson and he did it again with naomi and she was just yes. like genuinely go fuck yourself yeah so. exactly thank you for treating me like a prostitute so yolanda the social worker like she physically runs into naomi right after this all happens and basically is like hey you're gonna fuck up and you're going to look like a hot mess sometimes. I literally am grounding my son right now because he said that someone's meatballs were better than mine and they were fucking store-bought. And I can absolutely relate to that because my children will choose a fucking like store-bought mini muffin over a homemade muffin any goddamn day of the week. Like a store-bought bag of chemical muffins over a Natalie, homemade your muffins. Your muffins are incredible. They bring all the boys to the yard, Sarah, and they, they are rejected by my children all the time. That's so I completely understand. That's you don't like of- my muffins? You don't get any muffins, okay? <laughs> Natalie, I love your muffins. I love your muffins. <laughs> Thank you. And your, and your baked goods, too. Zing. <laughs> Um, okay, so what I loved in this Yolanda speech, and again, we're just j- jumping around. Um, yeah. She says, to, and she says what Naomi needs to hear, setting an example for your niece about how she doesn't need to turn herself inside out to be loved, how she doesn't need to set herself on fire to keep someone else warm. Demanding to have your own needs met isn't problematic. It's heroic. And kids are watching. They're always watching. And I loved, I love that advice. Mm-hmm. And here's what I will say about this book. Um, there's a note that Lucy Score wrote at the end of this book. Uh, talking about she wrote it at a time when um, Claire Kingsley, her dear friend, had lost her husband unexpectedly. And it was the third friend to lose a husband in a space of months. And so I think she was writing this book in a place of real grief and and kind of grappling with some big issues on top of pandemic and just yeah. everything that was happening in 2020, yeah. 21. And so I think there is a little bit of how do I love without fear when I've lost? And how do I take care of myself when there are so many other people who need care for as well? And I think Yolanda is a voice of that. I think the people telling Knox that he needs to take a chance on love and and not let the traumas of the past hold him back. I, I do think there's there's some working through of things here too. And we can't say how much is the book and how much is the author kind of mm-hmm. grappling with things, but it, it happens. It's very hard to separate sometimes when you are doing such emotional work in a book. Mm-hmm. So I just, I thought that the, when I got to the end of the author's note, it kind of kicked me in the gut. And maybe that's a part of the reason that on my second read through, I was a little slower with it because I was remembering that author's note now. And I, as I was watching some of these character traumas and and the support and care that these supporting characters give them it was really lovely i think it's a really lovely statement that she made about community and caring for yourself caring for others um self-care is important supporting a community being there for each other it's all important and i think she did that on purpose there's a lot of really great parenting nuggets in here and the way that especially knox who has never been a parent. He has effortlessly been, amazing yes, parent. He he has never been a parent. He's never been a responsible adult for a child. Like you know what I mean. Like you know how you, even if you're not a parent, sometimes you caretake for a child on the weekends or you're a coach or mm-hmm. whatever. He's not even one of those you know types of folks. He's just a guy that has had both positive and negative experiences with parents and also positive and negative experiences with his grandparents and and he has been with waylay he is he is like like a big parenting boner that i had for him sometimes like he just was really great and not only having good 
good things to say, but meeting Waylay where she was, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Not trying to make it sound very, like, he wasn't really parenty with her. He was basically like, this is a bunch of bullshit, and here's why, and here's why it's not okay. And I think he even says, like, those exact words sometimes. <laughs> well, and I love that also he, he sets down rules for her. Mm-hmm. One of the things is that she's not allowed to curse, but of course she does. And so Knox says, kid, you can't, you can't do that. Uh, you can curse with me when we are watching football, and you can curse when you are graduated from high school. And if you want to go to college, and if you want to get a PhD, great. But when you're an adult, that's when you get to curse. And I just, mm-hmm. I loved that he did set limits for her. And he, she obviously didn't have that with her mother. By the way, can no. we talk about her mother? One of the worst things I've read in fiction is her mother cutting Waylay's hair as a punishment and telling her that liking dresses and makeup and pretty things is bad and wrong. And again, yeah. it's Knox who says, you get to choose that. Nobody else yeah. gets to choose that for you. And the yeah. community, you know, Naomi and others chime in as well. But th- th- that chilled me when I read that Tina had done that. That was... And I know that that does exist because I've heard of, of it happening sure. for other people. Things, not just cutting hair, but removing something that is a source of pride from a child to make them feel less because of Mm -hmm. something that they did or didn't do or something that the adult who is obviously the emotionally immature one in the situation, the adult views as a slight to them in some Mm -hmm. way and removing something from that child in order to, to, to make them feel like less. It, and it's exactly what, you know, Wale had really long hair and she had tons of sparkly headbands and hair accessories and Tina. I don't even remember what Wale said happened. It was something like. Well, she said that, that Tina couldn't ground her because Tina was never home to enforce a grounding. Right. So she cut her hair instead. Yeah. And I don't remember what the infraction was. Correct. Yeah. But it wasn't something. It was something dumb. It wasn't yeah. something, you know what I mean, yeah. that was was the punishment did not fit the crime and that punishment should never happen. Well, and, and I was going to say haircutting is never the appropriate punishment, but whatever no. she needed to be punished for, it wasn't that severe. Yeah. Um, I didn't get haircut as a punishment when I was a child, but I had really hard, like my hair was always very tangly and my mom, like I've watched my mom brush my children's hair and it is like and her own hair too aggressive like so like my kids will be like we don't want grandma beth to do that and so but now like knowing now like i had to have my hair all cut off because it was so dramatic to cut to brush my hair every day and i was like but that was your fucking fault not my fault like (laughs) now i know better i'm sorry does johnson and johnson not make a detangler for hair like that yes they do (laughs) anyway that's not our lady love, but it might I have be. Like, I have, like, vivid memories of, like, oh. my mom's, like, grip with, like, <laughs> pulling through my hair. And I would, like, it would, they, like, stories of me, like, screaming while it was happening. And stuff now, like that. I am, so the, this is this is not nearly that kind of trauma, but I'm the curly-haired <laughs> daughter of a straight-haired mother who kept going up to my hair and just, like, running a brush through it unannounced when, when I had, I mean, like, my, I was always, I always fight with my hair, of course, but you yes. don't just run a brush through curls you don't just and i would and it would just puff up immediately like a tumbleweed around my head it was yeah it's hard to be a parent you know and nobody and nobody teaches you damn shit about it you know what i'm saying like it's (laughs) they just just give you that child and send you home from the hospital and say good luck there's a video of like a a mother robin trying to feed like a giant blueberry to its babies and like it won't fit in the baby's mouth but the mom robin keeps like 
it's this is a good food. Eat it. I and am be like, feeding you. Yes, exactly. But it's too big, and the mom just like can't figure it out because like she was just born, and then like they were like, okay, you got feathers now. Bye. And then no one ever helps her. She's just trying there to figure no, it out. There's no social work bird to come along and say, listen, you don't have to set yourself on fire for yes. your babies. You gotta portion yes. the blueberry. <laughs> don't stress yourself out. Get a smaller blueberry. <laughs> anyway, I think about that a lot. <laughs> I'm gonna send you I'm a video. I'm hugging you right now. Hugging. <laughs> um, so I don't know. We've been missing a lot of things, but there's a whole. So I want to talk about a couple of the side characters really quick because one of the first people that kind of rides to Naomi's aid is her uh, best friend Steph, um, Stefan. Who wait, Stefan is in this book. <gasps> This book has everything, including Stefan, <laughs> who looks like Henry Golding. Take a moment. Mm. Oh, God. Sometimes I like I know the name Henry Golding, but I still had to look up what his face looked like because I never remember what people look like. And it's good. It's a good face. It's a good one. So it's a, he is it's a, a gay, very good face. He is a gay man and has been ride or die for uh, Naomi forever. And OK, can, can I can I say can I say something? I don't love it when you have two gay characters in a story and they immediately connect and it's going to yeah. be like. Because I feel and I feel like that's kind of a very big stereotype that like gay men yeah. are always going to be attracted to each other. And yeah. So- and and, they, and and the book makes a point of that both of them are handsome and charming and kind and thoughtful. So, I mean, they're, they're quality people. Mm-hmm. And so the pairing isn't a problem for me. But I, I'm just like, oh, here's one gay man and here's another gay man. Oh, they like each other. That's great. But like. Okay. All yeah. right. And yeah. I know in romance, it's always like instant attraction. This man, this woman, sure, this woman, sure, this sure, woman, sure. this man, this man, this MB, this MB, whatever. But uh, I don't know. It just, it was a little, I, I'm glad it was there. I'm gl- gay for representation. Gay for representation. Yes, I understand. And I, I think, you know, I, if I was thinking about it from a serial or a series point of view, that's just kind of where my brain went. Cause I was like, oh, okay, one, fully. two, three books. We've got Knox. <laughs> We've got Nash, the brother, and then we've got their friend Lucian. Lucian? Lucian. I think in the Lucian. In the audio book, they refer to him as, so in, it's Lucian in the audio book, but then they call him Lucy. And then I was like, well, maybe it's Lucian. So I only, it's Lucius, not Lucius. So I assume uh-huh. Lucian, not Lucian. I yeah. ask my. But then, his, but then it but, would be Lucy as the nickname, not Lucy. Okay. Reader, listener. Pronounce it as Lucy from now on. What I need you to do. Um, how? Okay, who are you more excited for? Because clearly Nash is going to get paired off with Lena, the glamorous ex-girlfriend of his brother Knox. Or Lucian is going to be paired off with Sloane, the spunky librarian That's going who fucking to hates him. Oh, fully. Yes. Which one are you more excited for? I definitely love a second chance redemption Lucian, Lucian Sloane story. I want yes. her to make him fucking pay. And she is going to. You know what I mean? 100%. But I will say, I'm going to look forward to, and I hope that we get angst over Nash mm-hmm. if he falls in love with his brother's ex-girlfriend, Lena, who seems amazing. Like, I'm, I'm there for the angst and the, this isn't right, we can't. We mustn't. We mustn't. But, but we I can't help ourselves. I, I'll be I there for know. that, too. So I actually, you know, like, I know no, I don't. I don't get that vibe from them. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I didn't feel like there was an obvious Nash choice, but I think Nash is next. I thought that was at the no, end of the book. It's Lena. It's a hundred, hundred percent Knox's ex girlfriend. Okay, 
I just, I guess I just didn't, I don't know. Like, I don't think that they would have it. I don't know if they would have angst because um, Knox does not give a shit. And Lena, I think yeah, that I was know. kind of the story, right? Like that she didn't care either, right? Natalie, don't. That's what I want, I'm though. I'm sorry. Don't I'm just, ruin this for I'm me. It's okay. Know. Maybe Nash will be a weirdo and be like, I can't. Even though they say it doesn't matter, I can't. Yeah. Let's speculate about books that haven't been written yet. Let's sure. Do we, let's we're, do it. we're not talking about this book. Let's talk about the next two books. <laughs> the ones coming out in 2023. That haven't been written yet. Um, okay. Hey, HBs. I started an Etsy store. Did you know? Right now, it's full of all the St. Vincent items you need. Because St. Vincent is thoughtful and cozy all year round. We've got a book sleeve to keep your books, planners, e-readers, or really anything else safe when you're on the go. The inside is fuzzy, and they feel so incredibly lush in your hands. I went round and round with the manufacturers to make sure I had just the right thickness. Those feature Art of St. Vincent and Evie during their carriage adventure that was painted by the amazing Mayara Faraz on one side, and then I created a St. Vincent Would Always wreath on the other side that has a bunch of little Easter egg items in it. There's a St. Vincent Would Always warm brick enamel pin. It's like, you know, if you know, you know. I designed a special edition marriage of convenience candle that is specific to Devil in Winter with the help of HB Jen at Post Pouring Company. It combines dark amber for St. Vincent and rosewood for Evie. And it smells so delicious. It's hard to even wrap my brain around. So if you want to treat yourself or be the St. Vincent you want to see in the world by getting a care package for a friend, check out our Etsy store. The link is in the show notes. So we've got Stefan, and he's kind of a problem solver for Naomi because he is has people. So this is our one of our mysterious best friends because mm-hmm. he has mysterious business no one knows. He's got partners, in quotations, that help him take care of all sorts of things. He gets uh, sells Naomi's house on Long Island that she paid for by herself with a job yeah. right out of college. What? I don't – what are the economics of Long Island? I don't know. I, I have I small expensive. town economics on lock, but I'm pretty sure that a person just out of college without, like she, her parents are doing fine for themselves, but her mom's like a school counselor and her dad is retired. And like, I don't get the generational wealth vibe from them. No, no. You know what I mean? Like, so, so what? So she got herself a mortgage by herself with a job at like a what? Like a she's an HR person Mm, at like a firm, like a law firm or something. No, ma'am, that is not. No, I don't know. She could probably afford something. Knock him out, though. (laughs) She could buy all of knock him out if you sell Long Island real estate, I assume. (laughs) I don't understand. So yeah, so she so he kind of solves a lot of those problems. He's like the biggest Naomi advocate. He's like making sure that she like has all the tools to feel good about herself and he speaks to her and with her and help advocates for her in ways that work for her. So like when she is very devastated about her breakup from Knox, he is sending her a list to that she can check off because she's such a list maker and so he's putting mm-hmm. even the easiest things to check off you know like get out of bed brush your teeth 
take a shower, get dressed, drink coffee so that she gets that satisfaction, emotional and physical satisfaction from checking it off the list so that that can help her get back in the scheme of things, you know. And uh, importantly, he also makes Knox jealous. (laughs) Yeah, right off the bat. And he is like that friend who has no problem just like, you know, like... You, you can see that this guy's kind of insane and kind of angry and kind of mad. And he just goes into his house and sits in his chair and is like, you're not going to fuck up. And here's why, you know what I mean? And <laughs> uh-huh. I just uh-huh. appreciate that in a best friend. You know what I mean? He was a great best friend. I think yeah. he was a better drawn best friend than Lucy as yeah. a best friend of the brothers who is, I think the point of him is that he is powerful and mysterious. And, mm-hmm. but I don't get a sense that we, well, and he's going to be his own story. So obviously yeah. you have to have some things to explore. And I don't know. We got to know, know more about Nash than we did about Lucian. Yeah. Lucian. God, Lucy. No, I messed myself up. Just Lucy than Lucy. we did about. And so he has this very, he has a, like a, like a Lucius, um, like a, tell me, Tom, you telling me the show with the devil. Lucifer? You know? Lucifer. Lucifer, there we go. He's Tom got, that's how I picture him. Yes, yes, there it is. Yes. I had parts of the puzzle together, all right? That was Honestly, like a weird charades game, listener. It was. Well, because Lucius, I went to our flag means death first, because, but, oh, but no, you meant no. Lucifer. Lucifer. From Lucifer. Yes. 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 Lucifer yes. from Lucifer. <laughs> and, uh, and Tom Ellis from Lucifer. That's how I pictured him. Yeah, no, that's a great mental image. Very well fitted suit, night, you know. Groomed like, and friendly, but dangerous. Yes, dangerous when he needs to be. Vi- like sending out "fuck you forever" vibes to just I mean, about it, everybody. It's, it's strong. Who did this to you? Vibes, right? Yes. <laughs> and you know who did it to him? Sloan. And we will find out. In the I book. can't wait. Give it to me. <laughs> I know. I, she's making us wait for that one. I know it. She's edging us. Um. He's another best friend that shows up kind of 50% of the way through the book. There's also a poker game, like an illegal poker game with all of these Oh my crime god, bosses. there's an illegal poker game! <laughs> there's an illegal there's poker so game, much. so they're connected, but it, the, the importance of that illegal poker game was so that it could connect us to the big crime players, so that when we inevitably have this big you know, uh, what is it called? Crescendo at the end where, you know, everyone realizes their feelings for each other. Then the crime tie-in makes a little bit more sense. Knox is connected to these crime players. And I think the reason that there's so much crime is that he references like him and Nash and Lucy growing up and having to kind of make their way in a crooked town. Cause before Nash was in charge of the police, they had a very crooked police system. And, they kind of got themselves in trouble and stole and did all sorts of things. And then Nash won the lottery. Nope. Knox won the lottery and Nash decided to kind of write things and chose to, to work, to make things better from the inside rather than just paying money to make things better and investing in the town. So they both kind of worked in tandem to fix this town, Nash by becoming chief of police and then Knox by investing and, you know, financially stabilizing the town. So it's, they both and had the same Lucy, goal. Mm-hmm. But just different, different execution. Mm-hmm. And um, Nash gets annoyed when Knox wants to use his money to help Nash. He wants to do it his way. Uh, but Lucy, I get a sense, is going to keep the town safe through, I don't know, the threat of violence, through harnessing criminal enterprises. So I all three guys are going to... left, gonna... didn't he? He did. He peaced out. But I feel like I... 
mark my words, he's going to have been pulling strings behind the scenes to keep yeah. criminals out, to, to keep the criminal element under control. Or, There's going to be he's something. like a political consultant or something. So maybe he's like funneling money to that region or who knows, or, you know, what you need people, to know I'm is sure. power, danger, very nice suits for Lucy. Yeah. Sustained yeah. eye contact. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like this has been very chaotic. So, uh, <laughs> let's go back to hour. chapter one. <laughs> We've been in this for an hour, Sarah, and no, I just good. realized my computer we're, we're is not plugged in, so it almost just died on us, but it's okay. We're fine. We're fine. We're fine. I figured it out. Um, oh, but, my Kindle uh, is at 1%, so I'm not going to have many notes after this. <laughs> it's okay. I read the end. I read the end. So, and and because we're kind of, we're kind of there. You know what I mean? We've got kind okay. of the big high hits. I don't know if there's anything that was, we haven't talked about the dad or his Nox's parents dying. I mean, like Nox's da- Nox's mom died. His dad spiraled into addiction. He didn't mm-hmm. love his sons enough. I mean, Nox sees it as he didn't love his sons enough to fight that back and be there for them. And we can talk a lot about addiction and parenting and things like that. But obviously, mm-hmm. Nox has the child's understanding, the hurt child's understanding mm-hmm. of his father losing himself to addiction. And so they lived with his grandparents and then his grandfather died and it destroyed Liza J, his grandma. And so his lesson was if you love somebody and you lose them, your life could be completely upended, destroyed, made irrevocably worse. And so he, his father is now an addict living in a a homeless shelter. He's, he's an unhoused person. He's in DC. And so Knox travels to give haircuts to the people in this shelter or in the area, including his dad. And it is seeing his dad that is the impetus for him to break things off with Naomi because he doesn't want to love her, lose her and lose himself because that's the only model of love that he's seen, which is really, really sad. Um, And this also is part of the backstory for why Nash and Knox don't get along because Knox's reaction to the father is completely different to Nash's. Nash Mm -hmm. will not go see his dad, will not basically is like, nah, that guy, he didn't make space in his life for us and he messed things up and I'm moving on. And Knox continues to kind of like kind of torture himself with this monthly experience of these haircuts and stuff like that. And, and then on top of that, when not, because Nash also sees it as trying to fix things with, you know, trying to fix things for everybody instead of, you know what I mean? And so they have kind of, Nash and Knox have kind of um, not gotten along for years after like the trying to, Knox trying to give him money and Nash refusing and Knox seeing that as an insult and Nash seeing it as he wants to give me his money instead of giving me his support. And And Knox sees it as my money is my support. And so they have just basically not talked for that. And Naomi actually gets involved and is like, y'all both idiots. And she's like, the only thing worth fighting over is actually, I wonder if this, well, no, again, Knox doesn't care about his ex-girlfriend, but Naomi says the only thing worth fighting over is love. The only thing worth this kind of falling out is over a woman that you both Mm -hmm. love. And so I wonder if that, and they both are just like, that didn't happen. No way. So I wonder if that's going to be the leanest. Again, I don't think so, given the relationship. I wonder if a lot of the leanest Nash story is going to have external conflict rather than internal conflict, because this crime stuff. Okay, we're going to talk about the end right now, okay? Right now. Can we? Go ahead. Okay, go ahead. I wanted to talk about the sex scene. Oh, we haven't talked about any of the sex scenes. No, Natalie. No, they were very good. Many of them, they were very good. 
Can I tell you one thing I loved and one thing I didn't love in the first sex yeah. scene? Okay. Yeah. I don't what, remember it at all. It was in the middle. It's, it's okay. <laughs> the thing that I loved, I, the, the banter in it is fantastic, yeah. but um, they agree it's going to be a one-time thing because that's what you do in a romance yeah. novel. One time, get out of our system. One yep. time, mm-hmm. he agreed, final offer. Quit it. Mm-hmm. And she says, don't talk like a game show host when your face is between my legs. And he <laughs> says, don't ask me to have a conversation when you were just about to come on my goddamn tongue. And I <laughs> yes. love that. Yes. So good. Loved it. What I what I did not love is moments before she describes his penis as the purple-headed leader in the world of erectics. And I just don't love purple-headed. I just don't love purple-headed. I'm sorry. Uh, he was penises so hard, come in Sarah. sizes and he shapes and so colors. Engorged. I know. I, he's so turned on. And that's great. I love the diversity of cocks out there in the world. I just don't love purple head for me. It doesn't. It's just grimace. <laughs> it's grimace. Oh, from McDonald's. Wait, I, th- I, I thought work. you were saying you were grimacing, but you mean it is grimace, the purple headed. It was both. Leader I from was McDonald's. grimacing <laughs> as I pictured purple headed. Yeah. Fast food mask. It just doesn't. It, for me it. personally, no. For other people, great. Yes. Love it. Maybe but that's, that's why it's an eggplant emoji. Oh my God. <laughs> anyway, I, the sex scenes were fantastic. This, this, just all of them incredible. are super hot. I. Yes. Yes. Um, the, the chemistry is off the charts. They start off just like one time. I don't even like you. Shut up. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. And of course, the internal monologue, the internal churn is all, oh, I like this. I, I yeah. love this. I'm not I love supposed her. to like this, but oh, I God. do like this. Yeah. 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 And he kind of <sighs> so realizes. So, so, so yeah. So they go back and forth. They sleep together for a while. They are having. And the thing that is the biggest clincher for um naomi is that you know he's saying i'm not ever going to fall in love with you this is not a relationship and so she is blaming herself when she falls in love with him because he was clear from the start at least with his words but then what everybody yeah yeah, what everybody else has said to her and to knox is that yeah you could have said that out loud but here's all the things that you have done for her and the ways that you have made her rely on you and so all of these non-verbal cues that she's getting have really fucked her up because you have shown her without words what you Mm -hmm. actually feel but then what you're actually saying is super hurtful because she kind of got lulled into this sense that you do love her and you do want something with her but now you've gaslit her into thinking that it was her problem the whole time and none of it is your fault because you said out loud x y and z and so it's it's a dick move it is a dick move I don't know if this is too depressing, but I will say when I got to the scene where they discuss having sex without a condom and she's like, I'm on birth control. Mm-hmm. My test at the negative. God damn it. Nat, that hit really differently when I read it this yeah. week. Well, and they did use that no, no word of I'm clean too. Mm-hmm. And this is not, you know, obviously this is not this going in a different direction than what you are going with where, Hey, as a person who has gotten pregnant two times on birth control, raising my hand here, folks. Um, obviously that that is not a foolproof plan. Even condoms are not a foolproof plan, obviously, but to have that be like, yeah, yeah. You read that right now and it's just like, God damn it. Are you sure? (laughs) It it injected Northern Virginia, Northern Virginia, small town. Yep. 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 Um, I just, it just kind of made me wonder how is, how is that? How is that going to change the stories we read? You know, the the art that's mm-hmm. coming out, mm-hmm. the stories we tell. How how is that? I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, it was when when 
Yeah, when there's not going to be another option for you, you know what I yeah. mean? That's it definitely definitely changes the narrative a little bit. And I would and to to pivot back to what you were saying also, I I if I was a betting woman, I would say this is the last time that Lucy score or most authors use clean. I think that discourse has gotten loud enough that yeah, this book that was authors maybe a year are, old. Is a year old? Maybe? Uh, no, it's it's it? a it's a newish release, but I think oh. the production of it is going to have been yeah. Oh, yeah. you know in yeah, the yeah, works yeah, yeah. for that long. Yep. So, yep. but yeah. Anyway, I didn't. Sorry for the. Let's. You know what? We're but just two it's real the world women we live in, in. The real world, and just you know, this is the and I sadly. think it's important to have the conversations in public and in our Facebook groups and with our friends. And mm-hmm. uh, that just is one of those areas where I think it's going to be hard to, to encounter that because of the implications. Yeah, moving forward. absolutely. Absolutely. So I think the when we last saw our hero and heroine, um, they uh, had broken up, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, because yeah, he saw at. his, he saw his dad, he freaked out, he broke up, she uh, was, uh, Actually, pretty. I mean, she was devastated, but she keeps it together when they're together. Yeah, um, yeah. She's yeah. but she's freezing him out. She is doing what he calls the ice ice queen routine, where she will basically pretend like he does not exist. And it's which I'm sorry, crazy. Knox. That's what fucking happens. Yeah. So then he makes her talk to him in his bar, carries her out in front. I would. He. I would. This would never work for me. I will just say this. <laughs> You want to flip me over your shoulder, show my underwear to all of the people in this goddamn small town, make a giant scene and carry me out just to tell me why you don't want to be with me in your office. Right? I also think happens, there was an it? ass smack in there. I think when he, when he, yes, when he yes. upends her, I also think he she doesn't her want ass. to talk to him. Um, he is, she is working at her job that she earns money to pay for her bills. And he does not like that she says no to that and carries and he her And he is over. her boss. Yes. yes. He is her boss. That was not a cheer moment for me. No, I agree. Yeah. I agree. So, uh, then, and so he, then he takes, yeah. He did warn her. He said, I want to talk to you in 15 minutes. Be here. I'm going to come get you. And I did like the description that when he comes out to get her, her head snaps up like a startled deer's. That <laughs> was funny to me. The rest yes. of it wasn't funny yeah. to me. So, because no. he wants to be very clear about why he made these decisions. But like, sir she's at work and I understand that that's the only place that you can really nail her down as far as her location but nail. that really was yeah there was no nailing happening in no there one. was not but like <laughs> I mean maybe other times but yeah so like that was kind of a hard thing for me so then hey she leaves this breakup like he kind of is very clear with her about like his past and like why he is the way he is and like why it's important for him so like yeah I get that that was all really important stuff to have happened but so she leaves that. She's crying. She's upset. It's very heartbreaking for her because she's like, this is the end for real now. And so she goes and realizes that she's like checking in after all of that, checks her phone. She's got a text message from Waylay that says, I think Aunt Naomi, I'm in trouble. She has missed, uh, she has missed calls. So she goes out to make a phone call and Tina is waiting out there in the parking lot and she has her hair cut exactly like Naomi's and she basically is like, you need to come with me so that Waylay is okay. And of course, Naomi falls for it, which I cannot. You have been Tina's sister for how many years? Bitch, you know. Proof of you life know what's going to happen. Yes, yes. exactly. Um, come on. So I, this is the light kidnap. 
You know, this it's is a light kidnap. Yeah, yeah, it's not a sexy light kidnap though. It's kind of bumbling criminals. And and yeah, his, Tina gets her in the car and handcuffs her with like fuzzy sex handcuffs that she found in her landlord's storage unit, which disgusting, never please. Ah, and then, don't use yeah. used handcuffs that you don't know where they yeah. came from. No. And and, and takes her to uh, like a warehouse in a town called Lawlerville, which is basically like the wrong side of the tracks is the impression that I got. You know what I mean? And there's this warehouse that has a combination of like garbage and like grungy old takeout boxes, but then men's designer <laughs> shoes and clothing. Why? I don't know. Cause this guy is like, and it's this son of a, yes. Yeah. It's what I'm picturing is like, <laughs> is like an Ali G type of uh, like aesthetic. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Yes. Like fancy rhinestone like shoes and, actually, and like weird sweatsuits and like stuff like that. The I'm only going to picture Ali G for that ex-boyfriend <laughs> or the, the, the criminal boyfriend now. I have no, no recourse yeah. other than to do that. And, and it turns out that like Tina's new boyfriend that she got hooked up with is the son of a big crime boss. And he's a dummy he's just not even a hot dummy dummy. no he is a dummy he's such an idiot and he's of course is like an idiot that loves guns and like thinks he's entitled to like a slice of every pie or whatever and waylay's there and so is waylon the dog and um they're uh waylay is like duct taped and like tied to a chair or something like that it's very like very old criminal aesthetic you know what i mean tina figures out that this guy is like actually gonna double cross her and so she decides to double cross him and they pull that teen twin switcheroo sarah they switch clothes they come back out and that dumb dumb dummy looks at tina dressed as naomi who is sitting with her legs just wide open wide open and says huh your sister has the same thong that's weird. Yeah. And then eventually, so they've got this whole thing. They're going to they're gonna try to get Naomi out to call the cops. But well, he figures and they, it out. And they do this, well, and they do oh, this thing that I love, which is, which is Tina being like, I'm so prissy. I'm going to take care of everything because I'm the best twin. And then <laughs> Naomi being like, I'm a fucking mess. I make bad decisions <laughs> and I don't care about anybody but myself. Yes. And it's so, they're so to bad like at over it. Like, it is so, other, yeah. Yes. And, and I did kind of like that there was this inherent sisterness to them where mm-hmm. it was like, even if they don't believe that the other one makes the right choice, they still kind of have each other's back a little bit, but like kind of just have this innate understanding of each other. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so that was kind of, they kind of were able to communicate about it a little bit about their plans to each other a little bit. Um, but yeah, the dummy uh, criminal Duncan Hugo does indeed Duncan Hugo, maybe Hugo. Okay. Mr. Remember Hugo. you, you read the back half, not I, me. Shh. Sh- <laughs> sh- Okay, he recognized. He eventually figures it out because Naomi's boobs aren't crooked, so that's how he knows that it's not <laughs> Tina because because her boobs aren't uneven. Because Tina has um, really poorly done uh, artificial boobs. And, I do love. Um, I would like to think that that's the only. Like, I don't think it made it clear that that was the only way he knew. But I would like to think that the obvious personality difference and everything wasn't. What, but it was boobs. It wasn't. It was no, that's what he size. said. He like, yeah, he <laughs> said that the thing that he noticed just boobs. more than anything else was the boobs. So of course, you know, it all comes to a head. He figures it out. He goes to like choke 
Naomi to like stop her. And she uses like a tip that Knox taught her about self-defense to kind of knock him out. But then he does like, there's a big knock distraction. Him out. Knock him out. He does a big distraction. There's a big distraction. And then he actually grabs Naomi and is choking her. And mm. um, Tina does get Waylay out of there, which is or, like at least free. But then of course, Knox and Lucian bust through the door to save the day and then not any like minute later nash comes through and is all like you're all fucking idiots why didn't you just wait for the police why are you here you dummies nash so. who is nursing a gunshot that keeps gunshot wounds in his like shoulder just, yes also i think it's important to, to point out that he is often in long sleeve henley's i just want everybody yes. to know that nash is wearing yeah. long sleeve Henleys for most of this. So Yes, exactly. Just, you know. He is uh yeah, he is indeed uh hashtag typical romance hero. Um <laughs> not in a bad way. But um but yeah, so then uh they kind of wrap everything up. Tina gets away, Duncan Hugo, criminal boss, gets away, but everybody of importance is safe and you know, Naomi has some some bruising and, and some probably trauma, but uh she is pretty safe. <laughs> And Tina gets gets arrested, uh, and it kind of all kind of comes full circle because as part of her plea deal, she um, gives up a whole bunch of information about her boyfriend, and she also gives over the guardianship to Waylay. To yeah, she signs parent, away her, her parenting rights. rights. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Well, and when I, I did catch this part of it on my reread, when when Knox has rescued her and beaten the crap out of. Duncan Idaho and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, he he's like everybody's okay and Wayla you're okay and Waylon you've got my dog and Naomi you and I are getting married and she's yes. just like what? what so yeah, but so it's one big, of those just yeah. in the heat of the moment we're getting married I'm not doing this again Wayla you're gonna be my kid too yeah yeah he has realized during this whole search and during all this stuff that. He loves her and it was, you know, he was wrong about a lot of things and he does, you know, have a big monologue about why he was wrong and about how he's just, he probably doesn't deserve her, but he's going to do his best to deserve her um, every day, which is a, which is a heart to heart that he had with Naomi's dad, Lou, um, after they get into town. And, and so that was really nice. And, um, and so, yeah, so it's. It's a really nice wrap up. They kind of wrap it up with Wele having this big birthday party that she never got to have. She, you know, birthdays were always, she used to refer to them as silly and disappointing or something like that. And, and so Knox, uh, like makes her sit down and make a list of everything that she could possibly want. And then he delivers on every single thing that she could want. And she has things like a petting zoo and like things that probably are like a little too young for an 11 year old, but they're probably things that she's always wanted or always seen other people have at birthday parties that she finally gets to have, you know, it's a really nice conclusion, but there is that little niggling in the background, like, Tina is potentially going to get out of jail. This mm-hmm. crime boss is still out there. There's all these other crime players that play in the illegal poker game that you get little snippets about what their businesses do. And um, and yeah, so it's like something's coming for future books and you get that vibe at the at the end of the book. And I don't know about you, but I am 100% here for as many books yeah. as she wants every, to give me in the series. All of them. All yeah. of them. I think I read every single one of the Bootleg Spring series. Like, as soon as it came out, gimme, 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 gimme. So can I, can I tell you what scares me more than anything else in authors is an mm-hmm. author who can title every chapter. 
what the, oh. the emotional effort. I love it too. You know what I mean? Go, oh yeah. my god, I can't. I Lucy score. I just yeah. Everything you do is great, and titling the chapters is such a step beyond. Good for you. Yeah. Good for you. She, and they were, yeah, they were kind Amazing. of funny and you kind of made you think about where they were going, where the chapters were going. Yeah, they had little, just like, the thought of finishing like a book and then having to go back through and give clever, fun, descriptive titles to each chapter. I would rather set myself on fire. That's incredible <laughs> that she does that for us. She does that for us. She's yeah, so great. it's a service to her readers. Uh, Sarah, do you have a lady love? I do. So in the... Uh, geriatric friendship cult facebook group there was a question raised is there an official cult robe or house dress or caftan and i don't speak for the whole cult but i do say that our my friend yours and ours uh, holly easley recommended an etsy seller called just cotton for these robes which i am wearing right now which you cannot see because this is a podcast if you're on patreon you can if you're on patreon you can see this yeah. robe it is breezy. <laughs> it is lightweight it is yeah. machine washable it's comfortable it is beautiful it's aqua it has pink roses i think this is the a13 color they have mm-hmm. all kinds of colors and patterns they're super affordable uh i'm not saying this is the cult robe but i am saying get yourself one of these robes they come in immense amounts of sizes so you can find mm-hmm. one that's going to work now you have one one or two i do have one and here's the other amazing thing about this and this is not a paid endorsement it's no just this is just my people lady that love. really like it <laughs> like these robes but this these robes i do know because our friend jackie g also has them and you can get them lined you can get them with pockets you can with get pockets them extra, yes you can get them extra long you can get all sorts of different they will it it might take a little longer. I, of course, am cheap and I like instant gratification. So I ordered it as it comes. Um, but if you are like, if you are wanting, like, I only want a robe if it has pockets, which I totally understand. And I kind of wish that I had done that. Then, you know, go for the one, you know, there's some ton of really cool customizations that can happen. I have one that's like a gray blue and it has neon green flowers in it. It's very fun. I love that. Yeah, I feel like I'm going to buy more of these herbs. Uh, My lady love is a type of cheese. And um, (laughs) so it's not the same. Tell me more. (laughs) Have you ever heard of the spreadable cheese Alouette, Sarah? Yes, I have. They have have all sorts of different flavors. It's like a cream cheese product, maybe. I think I've actually talked about it on this very podcast. And it usually has like roasted garlic or herbs or whatever Mm -hmm. but aldi just started carrying a everything bagel season (gasps) alouette product that is life-changing pals it is so good you could have it on a bagel you could have it on crackers you could put it on your vegetables i'm I'm my own step on right now this This cream cheese has has everything everything And, and like, I made these things where you take lunch meat and you spread alouette and you put, like, thinly sliced vegetables on them and it's, like, a little sushi roll-up appetizer. You could do that. There's so many options. And it is fantastic and it just makes me very happy. And it's a nice little snack in the afternoon. Okay. Listener, are you familiar with Midwest Sushi? Matt, are you familiar with Midwest Sushi? Is it the ham roll-ups with pickles? It's the pickle spear with cream cheese and then thin sliced ham that you roll up and dice. And it's the Midwest Sushi. I feel like that is, that's going to be an ingredient in Midwest Sushi moving forward. This magic everything cream cheese. Yeah, it's fantastic. So you should buy it and buy it from Aldi because Aldi is fantastic and it'll probably be the cheapest price around, you know? 
Okay, listen, you're going to go to Aldi, you're going to buy the cream cheese, you're going to make the Midwest sushi, you're going to put on your robe, and you're going to yeah. read, and it's yes. going to be a full day. That sounds like a perfect Saturday. <laughs> Honestly, yes. <laughs> I want to do that right now. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, oh, shoot. We got to come up with it. Okay. Um, <laughs> keeping. Okay, thanks, Sarah. This book was great. Keeping a badass. And, and love yourself. As much as you love, God, purple-headed erections feels wrong. <laughs> I don't know one loves that. No. Love yourself. Love yourself as much as you love packing a goddamn book full of all of your favorite things. All of your favorite tropes. All of them. This is the everything cream cheese of books. <gasps> Holy shit. Look at you bringing that. You landed the plane. You landed it. It was perfect. <laughs> Oh man, well I love you Sarah. I love I'll talk you. Talk to you this later. So Bye. <laughs> Bye. Hey you. Yes, listener, you. Are you loving the show? If so, please leave a rating and review in your podcast app. The 90 seconds you take to say something nice not only helps new people find the show, but it makes me super smile over at HBHQ. Also, I've had a few people ask, and the answer is yes, we are still doing the five-star bribe. If you leave us a review with five stars, then we'll do whatever book you want. We're real, real deep into the list, though, so it might be a while. Ah! Lilas. Okay, back to the show.